You are Locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Rays. Well, Ulysses, being that it is New Year and in the New Year 2020, um, and a couple weeks ago, we did a segment on the Rays and what our wish list was from their Christmas wish list. And right. They were things like, let's stop talking and, and crapping <sighs> on the fans and and talking about this Montreal split season pro- proposal and everything like that. So we figured, okay, we asked what we want from them, from the franchise. Now we figured we would, uh, I guess, turn the light back on ourselves and yes. As a Rays fan, what can we do to better support the team and just be a better Rays fan overall? So we will have our New Year's resolution, resolutions rather, from a Rays fan's perspective. And I've got a couple here, and I'm sure you've got one or two as well. And yeah. I'll let you go ahead and start with what you plan to do better as a Rays fan or how you plan to be a better Rays fan for 2020 and beyond. Okay, well, you, you know I'm not big into, into football. For me, the NFL starts and ends with the Super Bowl. You yes. know? <laughs> and, and now and we have fine. the XFL. So yeah. that's going to be a continuation of football. <laughs> True. So, um, however, there, I think there's something that as a baseball fan myself and, and I think other others as well have adopted from football, which is live and die with every uh, game, mm-hmm. every loss, every, every win. So – in a regular season where there's only 16 games, your season, your season could be determined in just a, that three-game losing streak, right? Mm-hmm. What team in the MLB doesn't have a three-game losing streak in 162 games, right? I would say every so, single team has had a three-game losing streak. <laughs> maybe uh, so outside it, of the 27 Yankees, that might be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe not and them. But You mentioned that in college football, even – it's even more so living and dying with every win and loss if your yeah. team is expected or hopes to compete for a national championship because literally one game and that one game and that's it right yeah so so I think that's how I lived 2019 and 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 maybe a lot of other seasons as well maybe not you know the down years but uh, for 2020 because I know it'll be a really good team again and it'll be a 90 plus win team again or at least it should be yes i'll do my best to look at the season in 10 game increments mm-hmm. it's a 162 game season look at a 10 game increments that should give you a better picture on how the team is doing rather than moan on twitter after a disappointing loss against the angels in may after a trout walk-off home run <laughs> look at the big picture basically is yes. the main thing and even after a couple series, then look back and say, how are they doing as of late? I will right. say with that, and I agree, I think that is a big thing, is the living and dying with every game, whether it's a win or a loss. Something that I, I don't think I'm going to get over is when the Rays lose a game that they really should have won. 
that they blow it by yeah, those suck. base yeah. running mistake mm-hmm. or something like that. Sometimes a team just has they, – they've just got it that day, and they're, they're just matched up better. Like, for example, when the Rays are going to be facing Garrett Cole in a Yankees uniform, there's probably going to be quite a few losses where it's like, hey, it's Garrett Cole. What can you do? We right. struck out 12 times. Didn't get much going. That's uh, those suck less, though. going to take that, yeah. Those suck less because you can see the talent and what they're able to do on the field, the other team, right? Mm-hmm. What sucks is, you know, that Colorado Rockies game, I think, in like the first homestand of 2019. Um, and it goes to 10 innings and you lose 1-0 when you had plenty of chances, mm-hmm. not only with runners on base, but with bases full. Right. Okay. And, and there's a botched bunt by Adamas, all those, all those things. Yes. Zunino at bat in the eighth, ninth inning. Like, what are you doing? Or, you know, or like suck. the Rays blowing what a nine-two lead against the Toronto Blue Jays yes. on the road. Or Tommy Pham getting thrown out at first to end the game against the Boston Red Sox. I believe at home. <laughs> yeah. Those types of things can really wear on you. But and, and, and see how uh, they've worn on us. Yes. And that we still remember them uh, almost a year later. So. We'll try to be better at that. Maybe the memory is just too good and we'll still remember them, but maybe with not so much vitriol, I guess. I will say I think you get a reprieve when it's September baseball and there's the chase for whether it's the or division. That's when we can live and die with every loss and it almost becomes like an NFL season or a college football season. That's quite frankly the the most – Fun, Fun, exciting time of the year as opposed to uh, a day game in May or something like that. But, of right. course, doing this show, we do sort of have to live and die with three <laughs> loss, but not so much maybe as uh, we are wont to do, I guess. Yes, yes. That's, right. So that's my number one for 2020. The second one and my last one okay. really is I, I went to possibly the most games I ever did uh, in, in 2019. I yeah, think you did. I went to almost 20 games. That or, or is about 20 games. very impressive, by the way. It was crazy. Games. Some of oh. that is a byproduct of the Rays were good this year. I yeah. think like that made it a reason to want to go. I mean, why would you go when you know they're they are you know going to win sixty two games? You know, and nobody wants to see the Detroit Tigers. You know, no. uh, so I want to see an ninety six win team. Unfortunately for me and, uh, and for a lot of Rays fans that that went uh, for the first three months. Is that they were not doing that great at home? <laughs> yes. So, so it was you know fifty fifty, and I saw quite a few losses in the beginning. But afterwards, it was really nice to see them win at home. There's nothing better than that because it can be very hectic experience. We've talked about it on the show: getting to the stadium, parking, getting on on time, getting off from work. You know, especially where you live. Things. Okay, you. Yeah, I'm not going to give out your address, but you yeah. do not live right <laughs> next to the ballpark. It is not right. easy for you. Okay, 20 games to somebody that lives in those apartments or condos that are right next to the trop. I don't want to say that's nothing. That's still honestly an accomplishment. But the fact that you live in the Tampa area and you've yeah. got to make that drive in that commute and not – I mean not to just like brag on your race fandom, but <laughs> it's a lot of times during the week too. You go to a lot of like a Tuesday game or a, yeah. or a Wednesday game or something like that. I, I try. I try the, the most if it works out and, and you know, and it can take the, the, the wind out of your sails when, you know, the, they lose and you did all that effort, you know, mm-hmm. but I still think that even if the team loses, 
you can have a good time at the Trop. And, and for the diehard fans, you know, that might be a little bit more difficult, yes. uh, to, you know, to, to do. But for others, I think there are plenty of activities at the Trop where you can have a really good night that's not, um, you know, incredibly expensive. I mean, you can curb, I think, some of the expenses once you're there. I mean, those Friday night deals... Uh, the Seven Eleven uh, for for Fridays, oh, yeah. I think they're fantastic, and and that should really get anybody who's up for doing anything in Tampa. Just it's get, cost you more than seven dollars and eleven. Yeah, and just to give like a little tip here, like it's a great group outing, and not everybody has to be a huge baseball fan. Yeah, I mean, there's they've got what they've got the the cornhole at ballpark and wreck. They've got the walk around, go to the shop hang out at the bars. I mean, there's a myriad of things you can do over the course of not just sitting down and watching a three and a half hour baseball game. And it's also, I may add a great, uh, great place to have a, a date or a, a, oh, yeah. a date as you're, if you're a baseball fan, you can kind of impart some of your knowledge to your hope to be significant other and, Indeed, and yeah. show them around the ballpark and get a craft beer or something like that. And, and it's really a, you can have a good time at the Trop, and and if you make it on a Friday with the Seven Eleven ticket deal, even better. And and it, and you don't have to kind of live and die with every pitch one right. once you're at, at the ball game. You know that's one of the greatest things about baseball that it, it has time to breathe. Yes. And and for a day, for example, that's perfect. You guys can talk for a little bit. Something happens on the field, you can comment on it. You can keep getting to know each other. So. Uh, if you like going to the trop, like I do and like you do too, uh, take a friend who normally wouldn't go by themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do for, yes. for 2020. I'm kind of going to advocate within my friend group uh, to go to more games. And even if they don't like baseball at all, hey, we're going to have a good time. We were going to hang out any, a, anyway, right? Where we're going to buy drinks anyway, right? Yes. Let's do it at the trop. I think that's a great, great idea because, you, yeah, you don't necessarily have to be a baseball fan to have a good time at the ballpark heck that's the whole it's really the whole premise of a family activity does your five-year-old necessarily <laughs> like baseball no it's somewhere where they can get a meal and the parents can breathe a little bit and talk yeah. <laughs> and chill out if they want to so there's a lot of options there uh for sure very good new year's resolutions if thank i may you, say so you. myself i'll tell you mine coming up next okay ulysses after hearing that you went to 20 games last season i felt pretty bad as a Rays fan or feel pretty bad because I did not go to near that many Rays games last season. But that is one of my New Year's resolutions oh, yeah? as a Rays fan is to not necessarily go to 20 games, but go to more games this season. And I'm shooting for um, once a month, at least once a month, to be honest. And I'm going to be quite That's frank. Nice. I'm going to try to pick out the Friday games because I want to. I know a good deal when I see one and I'm going to try to take advantage of Oh, that. heck yeah. And I didn't see uh, I love Friday night games, yeah, yes. It is great. Um, and I didn't see on the schedule that they play a Friday game against the Yankees, but I still believe there's some decent games on that list. I think there's a Cardinals game, a, twi- a Twins game, Ooh. a Red Sox game. So there are some opportunities to watch some decent teams with the uh, with the Friday deal. And in addition to trying to go to at least one game a month, I'm also going to try to make it a point to go to a couple of spring training games this year. It's actually been quite yes. a while since I've gone to a spring training game. You know, I think my last time was in uh, Sarasota. Is that we where went, uh, we went yeah, uh, to the we, Orioles, right? It was the Orioles Rays game. I remember 
I was wearing a sleeveless shirt and it had to be like a 95 degree day, just sun bearing down on you. And we toughed it out. I did have a uh, a massive you, sunburn after you that came, game for sure. You you came back a, a different color. Yeah, I, I looked like a before lobster. and after. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was a I different went from Caucasian to lobster. I just <laughs> yeah. changed it right there. Uh, I, I honestly don't really remember much about that game except that it was very hot and I had yeah. fried food, which probably wasn't a good combination either. <laughs> Um, so Sounds that, like a great day. Yeah. So <laughs> that is going to be one of my things is to try to go to – I like to – I put the number at two. I like to go to two spring training games. And one, I like, I like to go to Steinbrenner Field and see the Rays Ooh. face the Yankees because that is – You know, I've never done that. I've never gone to Steinbrenner Field. And it's oh, not you that haven't. far. And it's not that far. Well – Let's do it, man. Yeah. Let's go. We can be the two Rays fans. Yes. <laughs> in the uh, against the in, in a Rays Yankees game. Spring in, a, in, in a in a in a in a place filled with Joey fans. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. And the other thing is to go to one in Port Charlotte is the other one because I've never been, gone to Port Charlotte. Oh, really? It is. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say it's pretty cool. They've got the. Stadium. It looks awesome. Honestly, they should. That stadium would be perfect for the Rays if it was just expanded a little bit more. <laughs> Stick it in Tampa, add maybe ten thousand more seats, fifteen thousand more seats, and you've got you'd have a great ballpark right there. I mean, it is it is modern. Cool. It is, they've got some cool little walkways and things like that. So it's definitely a, a fun experience. They, I think they they used to anyway have seating on the lawn, so and you can kind of walk oh, around nice. and enjoy yourself. So um, that's what I would like to do. I think I've actually, as far as like spring training facilities, I think I've only been to three. Now that I think about it, well, I've been to I, when I was really young. I went to the Reds in Sarasota. Right. That's now defunct. But I've been to the Orioles. I've been to yes. Twins facility in Fort Myers. Gotcha. And um, I've been to the Rays in in Charlotte. I think that's about it. That's crazy. No, I, I, I've gone to a couple more. Um, Dunedin for the Jays. Yeah. At Clearwater for the Phillies. See, those are um, two that they're not incredibly far away i've just i think that's like a bucket list thing and i don't know if i'll do it this year but maybe over the next couple years try to visit one of those facilities or a couple of those facilities just visit the the detroit detroit one is really cool i like the detroit one and and i think the braves now changed it i think they were in winter haven and the braves are in venice so that's actually in the sarasota area that's not super i mean if you're going to a charlotte game charlotte stone crabs or or spring training game for the Rays, you could easily make a hop over to Venice and do that. And, and, and the Pirates are there too in, the, in Bradenton. Bradenton. Not in Sarasota. Right. Yeah, Bradenton. So yeah, there's a lot of baseball to, to be seen. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, we got to do that. Let's yeah. do that. And, and even if, because my, my parents actually live in the Cape Coral, Fort Myers area, okay. as much as it would pain me to do this, I do have to visit Jet the Red Sox. Park. Yes, the Red Sox <laughs> facility that has the mini, just for the experience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the mini, the mini green wall, yeah. the green monster. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a while before I make it down to like Jupiter and, and West Palm to see some of the National League teams. But yeah. just in this this Tampa Bay area, hit the Lakeland, hit the Dunedin, hit the Clearwater, yeah. and go from there. Speaking of which, okay, the Dunedin Blue Jays they're having an eighty one million dollar expansion renovation to a spring training facility. And you're telling me the Rays can't come up with? I mean, yeah. they're even like. Oh, I don't know if we can really part with a hundred million dollars to build a, a brand new MLB stadium. Right, a hundred fifty. He was like, "Yeah, I can give a hundred fifty. Are you kidding me? Let alone a single A facility 
in freaking oh. Dunedin. I know. I know. And how do you hear that and not get discouraged and be like, you know what, whatever. Yeah. But, you know. It is frustrating. Yeah. But that is – hey, I'm – as for right now, I'm not going to criticize Stuart Sternberg. That is for this like week anyway. I'm going to try At least, to, yeah, uh, resolutions. That'll resolutions. Be, that'll be one of my <laughs> many resolutions there. Um, and I guess thirdly is we, we talked about living and dying with each loss. Same sort of goes with, and it's really hard to do since we do a podcast about the Rays and we kind of have to talk about them in, in some form. Every of day, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe be a little less critical of Kevin Cash and players at times for the mistakes they've made. I mean, Kevin Cash, I think, okay, we, we know what some of the mistakes that he's made throughout his career, especially early on in his career. But I do think he has to, you know, looking back on the 2019 season has to be commended for like the thing with Adam Kolarik, I think, was brilliant that he did that multiple t- I mean, it took the yeah. Red Sox 20 minutes and Alex Cora arguing with the umpires 20 minutes to try to figure it out and be like, is this legal? Can, can they do this? And it turned out and it ended up working in the Rays' favor. And the amount of injuries that the Rays had this season and that Kevin Cash, behind closed doors, kept the group together, uh, kept them going, kept them motivated, I, I think uh, – was really huge on him and, and not, and not just that, but also like in the playoffs, how he managed the game against Oakland and then game four of the ALDS, a bullpen day, how he's able to work that out and figure that out. And the Rays get a four, one win against Justin Verlander, things like that. I don't think get talked enough about with Kevin cash, which is something I, that I'm going to try to try to look back more on, I guess. I, I think he, yeah, the effort that he did was obviously commendable. I will try to be a little bit less critical of the players. You know, you got to step outside the box a little bit and, and and see what maybe you know personal things are going. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I think guys struggle. It's it's a yeah. it's a game of failure at the end and of the day, especially the Alvarado thing. Like I was really, um, you know, frustrated with how his season went, and I think a hundred percent of race fans uh, right. were disappointed, but. Yeah, I, we don't know what's think, going on. With the I, th- I think we all know like that. that something was going on, yes. and it wasn't just baseball. So, right. so uh, you know, you gotta you know step back and and realize those things about Kevin Cash. Though. Okay, go for Here it. Here we go. Yes, I agree with you that there has been some um, growth in his managerial skills. Mm-hmm. I think his 2019 season was probably his best. Yes, not only because of his results, but Especially in the playoffs, I think in the playoffs he showed that he can be a good manager. He worked magic in the playoffs, yeah, for the most yeah, part. For the most part. However, the regular season, I'm still not convinced. Uh, not on how he carries the clubhouse. I think the clubhouse, yeah, uh, is carried well because well, everybody yeah. likes each other. Yeah, Blake Snell even met, which is not an easy thing to do when you have 25 it will be 26 alpha males trying to get along and, and trying to, to win baseball games together. Um, and Blake Snell was basically, he basically came out and said, this was the first year we didn't have like any drama within the clubhouse. We didn't have a guy or two that we just disliked and didn't get yeah. along with. Like, Hey, there's players like that, that can rip a clubhouse apart and, and make things really uncomfortable for the team. And yeah. if a manager isn't able to handle that, uh, that can lead to a, 
a Clinton Hurdle Pittsburgh situation, for example, oh, yeah. where there's just a lot of dysfunction going on. But and you anyway. lose the clubhouse, and you lose the clubhouse, and, and that's and that's an awful thing because then they can, it all just goes downhill yes. from there. However, I do think he does that well, but some of the you know managing. I know that goes against my day to day. You know, mm-hmm. don't live and die with every loss. It shouldn't have. You shouldn't have to live and die with every managerial right. bullpenning decision. What is what is the biggest Kevin Cash bugaboo that you have? His incongruency with how he manages pitchers. Okay. I mean, if Charlie Morton is doing well after five innings, like they're not. Lit- they're literally not hitting him. They have one hit against him and he's at 88 pitches. How do you take him out? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, uh, who else? Uh, Austin Pruitt. Letting a guy hang out to dry and just keeping yeah, him Exactly. Yeah. Jalen Beeks get hit around, just decide to lose that game in the third inning. You're mm-hmm. like, nope, this game is lost. We're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to fight for it. Like it, that just seems to right. me the incongruency is what bothers me. I don't care if he's always the same kind of guy. It's the incongruency that kills me. Yes, I got you. And I do agree with you on that. And I think that is something that uh, maybe will be addressed in 2020. I, hey, I have maybe it's a, his resolution to be less incongruent. There we go. Let's hope so. I, I have less of a problem with taking a guy out after doing well because it might be a third time through the order and everything like right. that. And, you know, uh, he gives up a two-run bomb and that changes things. But just letting a guy – unless it's like a blowout game and you got – hey, you got to let Mike Brousseau come in and finish the game. If it's just for the fact yeah. that you're losing by 10 runs and you got to just have somebody out there to finish the game. You're going to lose blowout games. Yeah. If it's, a close, sure. if it's a close game with a reliever who has shown not to be consistent and you keep him in and keep him in and keep him in instead of taking making that quick hook, that's where I've got a bigger issue, I guess. You cannot have another Colin Poche five-walk inning yeah how do you allow him to stay how do you allow a reliever to stay for five walks like that's this thing that kills me but you can't give Yarbrough one more guy exactly Morton one more guy but you give Poche five tries that's the incongruency I'm talking about especially with a young pitcher like that that is still trying to find his way and, and you're trying again it's a balancing act of not wanting to kill his confidence but when you when you walk five guys like that I mean it's just not your day, and you gotta right. you gotta hang it up and, and go take it back uh, another time. Um, as far as like the criticizing players and everything like that, I'm going to try to do less of that with guys who are not in a role that they're designed for, a la Jalen Beeks, where he was forced to be a starting pitcher, and he struggled in that role. But if it's like, for example, if you're designated closer. And you're blowing a lot of games. Right. I'm going to have to get on you. But if it's okay. something where just by a, a matter of fact of injuries and things piling up, and it's like, well, sorry, buddy, we got to have we got to have uh, Brian O'Grady be your starting center fielder, and he struggles. Kevin uh, Kevin Kiermaier is injured or something like that, and you know it's just hey, that it is what it is. You, you got to you got to roll with the punches there. Um, so that's that's one thing that I'm going to focus on there. As when well. Mike when Mike Brousseau commits an error in right field, I will show you this audio clip. Thank you. <laughs> Please do. Okay, Austin Meadows makes a mistake. There you go. I have to get on. You got to get on him. Yeah, because he he's he he hits like an MVP. Why can't you feel like that? You're a young athletic player uh, who's got the speed and athleticism to be able to do that. All right. Enough of our New Year's resolutions. I think that's, I think we've covered it pretty well. Yes. 
I guess yes. the other thing is let's let's try to keep each other honest on them. Let's yes. or the listeners as well. That'd be great. I think, how about this? Can we both agree to go to FanFest? Yes, that, let's do that. That's in, in like a month, isn't it? February yes. 8th? Yes, and it's free too. Let's go. We'll see a lot some, of race fans there. Pick up Say some hi. race memorabilia and have fun and, and go from there. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at LockedOnRays. You can also email us at LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Again, I'm Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the podcasting app Himalaya, along with Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Rays.